Welcome to the Butts and Seats Podcast, episode number 82. You almost forgot it there, didn't you? I did. <laughs> I'm Nick alongside Emily. As always. Emily, how are you doing today? Good. You know, better than this episode was. Not that it was even bad, it was just boring. Yeah, it's been a couple days and I feel like we've kind of forgotten. We have. We both had to sit here and read over our notes. Like, oh yeah, that happened. Yeah. Like, nothing happened. So you're in for a doozy. Today we talk about the February 7th, 2000 WCW Monday Nitro live from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Woo! Hey, what's Tulsa backwards, Nick? A slut. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for that one. I mean, I'm not the one that made the joke. Look, by the time this comes out, we still aren't married. I still have time to call it off. <laughs> I am not the one that made the joke. Don't blame it on me. So I'd say let's get let's get into the show, but I do have a few backstage notes of uh, things happening in the world of wrestling at this time. I will start by saying that this show did a 2.7, okay, which is the second worst rating they've done since July of 96. In like current day 2023 market, 2.7 doesn't sound that bad. It, we've been over this. It, it, I know. It's I know different. it's different. I know it's different. But like when you say 2.7, like it doesn't sound that bad. But in comparison to what 1999, 2000 were, it's very bad. The only show that did worse than this one since then was the last Nitro before Vince Russo showed up. Cool. Somewhere in New York, Vince McMahon announced the XFL the first time. I feel like you've been waiting for that one. Again, they don't play for another year. Fun fact, Nick had tickets. Were they season tickets? They were season tickets. <laughs> to the XFL when it relaunched in 2019. Yeah, it uh, didn't go great. No, you went to what? Two, three games? Three games. Three games. Yeah, and then... Uh, I was supposed to go to a game. You were. And I didn't. And then the 2020 pandemic happened. We were supposed to go to WrestleMania, too. Sure were, Nick. We were talking about how bad the ratings are. So, as we talked about on the episode, Sold Out did 95,000 pay-per-view buys. Okay. The Royal Rumble happened recently for WWF. Okay, this almost doesn't feel fair because the Royal Rumble is a massive event. That's like one of their like flagship events every year. That is second to WrestleMania. I mean, it usually did a better number, but not, you know... No, it wasn't like a WrestleMania number. Yeah, it's the second. It's second to WrestleMania, is what I said. But the Royal Rumble did six hundred thousand buys. Yeah, so like this almost doesn't seem fair. I don't know. This feels like a biased data pool. We'll check back in when No Way Out happens. That's probably more realistic. Yeah. I'm gonna tell you this: ain't doing no ninety-five thousand buys. Sure, but that is more apples to apples. Sold out to Royal Rumble. That's like apples to Beanie Babies. They're entirely different realms of reality okay i think <laughs> apples to beanie baby yeah what a phrase and apparently in the land of extreme sabu has not been getting paid and has just signed a deal with wcw oh no we will not see sabu wrestle at all sick so we will not see him on the 13th i don't really know what happens here Clearly there's a nothing. pay dispute it might be a weird thing of paul Heyman. i know he like threatens to sue if he shows up on WCW, but he never shows up again. So, is this like trying to leverage pay with ECW? Is that what he's? He trying doesn't go to back do? to ECW either. So he just floats in the ether. Yeah. Well, so with all that, let's get into this show. We start with a Nitro recap and Thunder recap. They show bits of the Hulk Hogan promo. He's not here tonight. Yeah, I don't really know why they showed it, but at least it's more than we saw of it. He's very specifically burying Billy Kidman. On radio interviews right now. Really? Yeah. Why? I know they work together at some point. I don't know how soon that is. But why is but, he burying him if they work together? 
I mean, it might also be a chicken and egg thing where they might be put put together because... When you say work together, do you mean put in a feud against each other yes. or as a tag team? In a feud. To me, work together sounds like they're they're tagging up. Gotcha. No, it would be okay. in a feud. I don't know when that... Well, I don't think it's for a little while, though. But uh, Hogan also, in his Hogan wisdom, is saying, oh, I don't know why they have Billy Kidman main eventing when I'm not there. It's like, point to the show where Billy Kidman main evented. So he's mad that Kidman is main eventing... Why? He couldn't sell out a flea market, brother. Why is he But Hogan, you're not there. Yeah. Why do you care? Because it's damaging the brand while he's gone. You don't give a shit about the brand. I know. Why do you why do you care? Come back if you have such a problem with it. I'll be back soon. Also, Billy Kidman can wrestle circles around Hulk fucking Hogan. <laughs> Billy Kidman can actually wrestle. Hot fucking take. Hulk Hogan's a bad wrestler. That is my hill and I will die on it. He's not a good wrestler. He doesn't know how to wrestle. We get Tony Schiavone and Mark Madden on commentary, nobody else this week. I'm like, God damn. I didn't find them that distracting, though. During their, like, two-camera bits, just Mark Madden just looks like a prick. I mean, sure, sit but... And, sit in side saddle. He's very easy. Who do you easy, think you are? Very easy to ignore. We get the NWO backstage with some salutes. Some salutes. They say Nash will be back soon. They mumble. And then the three-count song There's a lot plays. of that happening. There's a lot of mumbling and a no. lot of... This this episode felt like the worst because they were playing music over the mumbles every time. They were playing somebody's... So in this case, they were playing three counts music over the NWO mumbles. In another case, they're playing somebody else's walkout music over the mumbles. We never get clean audio of the mumbles, which like wouldn't be clean audio anyway. But there's never like just them talking. It's always them talking with music over them. Yeah. Which makes it impossible to hear. So I never know what they're talking about. And so by the way, when I say Kevin Nash will be back soon... He's back on Thunder, and they're, like, already teasing NWO breakup. He's not back in person, though. No, he's back via recording. Yeah. Which I assume he's there. I, I can't tell. It says he's live from Atlanta. I don't know where Thunder is, but... Probably not Atlanta. It, it He was, like, talking back. So, like, yeah, it felt, like, a little too closed circuit for him to be far away. Yeah, that's, that was it's what I thought, too. Like, yeah. Technology's not that good. It's like we're on FaceTime. And he was like ad-libbing too. So it wasn't like it was like this. It wasn't Cactus Jack, Dude Love, and Mankind all in the same room kind of thing. Right. Nothing was pre-recorded. So the three count song starts playing at the end of the segment. Beautiful. And then we get the opening pyro. Three counts in the ring to cut a promo. And their song starts playing mid-promo. I'm like, what the fuck is this? And like, oh, we cut to Norman Smiley in the truck. And he's messing with their music. Yeah, he's like being a little fucker. Norman's music then hits, and he has to walk his way from the truck to the arena, so it takes a little while. I guess, like, it confuses me how hated Three Count are. Like, they get crazy boos, and I don't totally understand why. Like, they yes, they're a boy band, and it's a gimmick and whatever, but they are so hated, and I just, I don't understand, I don't see why. Probably some good old-fashioned 2000, no, we're not gay, we don't like this. Boy bands aren't inherently, like, gay, Boy bands are for girls. Yeah. So if you like it. You're a girl? Yeah. I don't and know. If, it doesn't make sense And if you're a girl, you're gay, me. Emily. God. It doesn't make sense for me. Like, they're not bad enough and cringy enough. Maybe we're not seeing all of it because of, like, they, copywritten they, shit, but... Yeah. They, we, we, we have not properly seen the entrance yet, and you I refuse guess. to let me show you. Well, it's just, like, they're not doing anything heinous enough to be booed to the extent that they are, in my mind. It's crazy how much booze they they're get. They're getting, like, Dominic Mysterio level heat. It, yeah. Yeah, Norman comes out for Norman Smiley versus Evan Courageous. Norman hits a wiggle on Evan Courageous, but it, but, it, but it gets turned into a face buster. Norman rolls through a pin and grabs Courageous' tights for the win. That's it. 
That was that's all the notes you have for that? Yeah, do you have more? Damn, no. I mean, I guess not for the match, but I don't take the play by play on the matches. I thought that was longer than that. Not really. Norman challenges the three of them for Super Brawl. Yeah, he makes some sort of comment about like if you want to make a name for yourselves, I'm gonna take all three of you at Super Brawl. So it's gonna be a handicap match. Yeah. I continue to like Norman's energy. Oh yeah, Norman's great. Norman's not the problem here. No. We got Tony and Mark checking in. Mark is a prick, but not in a fun way. <laughs> Later tonight, it's going to be Terry Funk versus David Flair in an I Quit match. We'll hear from the total package. Kidman versus the Demon. Booker T. Sorry, oh, sorry, not Booker T. I shouldn't say that. Booker. Ooh, yeah. You're going to get sued the by wall. Mr. Biggs. Stevie Ray versus Disco Inferno. Which, wow. What a what a killer throw of lineups there. And we then throw to backstage where Mr. Biggs has police searching for contraband. So, Mr. Biggs every week seems to have more bandages on him. So, like, he is still, like, fully casted out. I think it's, like, both of his arms are in a cast. Well, he He's got, still wearing the neck brace. He got, he got attacked last week, so. I know, but yeah. it's, it seems like more from last week. Like, it seems like he's adding to it. Well, he didn't have anything last week because he got hurt last week. No, we saw him in something. In, like, Thunder after last week or something. Maybe it was Thunder. Yeah, I've definitely seen him in a neck brace since then, since the attack. But this feels like more since we saw him in the neck brace. I feel like he's, like, hamming it up. No, in wrestling? As part of the story, can you let me fucking talk? No, it seems like Mr. Biggs is trying to, like, pull some kind of shenanigans backstage against Booker for something. Like, they're trying to find something on him? I don't know. But, like, the entire mid-card is in this back dressing room. Yeah, I'm realizing now, by contraband, were they literally looking for, like... Drugs? No, I think they're looking for, like, any Harlem Heat gear or anything saying Booker T. Oh, maybe. That was not made clear. It was not made clear. I think I'm filling in some blanks there. We get the NWO heading towards the ring. Limo's here. It's three women and Ric Flair. Woo! NWO music hits, and Scott Steiner comes out wearing the silliest of hats. Nick physically choked when Scott Steiner came out. Like, he spit his drink out. Even the Godfather's, like... It's a bit much. Tone it down, bud. <laughs> he comes out. I don't even know what his outfit was, but he's wearing a purple velour top hat with a feather and is like a zebra band. I think it's it's a, it's a it's a trip. Yeah, there's like a zebra print band around the base of the top hat, and there's a feather with a feather. Say, yeah. yeah, it's it's something. We go for the heyo spot, and Mark Madden is like screaming on a commentary, like say it. Like fucking Harvey Dent in the, in the Dark Knight. Yeah, I think even Scott Hall heard that and was like, dude, no. Because of you, no. I'm not going to do it. The Harris boys fill in some blanks here. Stay out of their way. They're the elite. I didn't know the elite um, debuted this early. I know they're really big right now, but I had no idea they were made of two Nazis. Who'd have thunk? I don't know anything about the elite. I'm sorry. I'm sorry if that was offensive. <laughs> I'm sure they're great. I don't know the elite. I don't watch AW like that because I don't get that channel. They couldn't manage a target, Emily. <laughs> Listen, okay, so I heard a conspiracy theory the other day oh, God. about Target. <laughs> Make it brief. Everybody has applied to Target. Do you know anybody that's been hired by Target? Yes, we know multiple people who worked at Target. I, I've i met a lot of people that have applied to Target and no one has gotten hired. We know multiple people who have worked at a Target. Oh, I guess they do kind of. But that, this was a whole conspiracy and I, like somebody at work was talking about this. Like high schoolers, they always like... Target always advertises, like, if you're in high school, that's fine. We can hire you. I had a bunch of friends in high school. I remember applying to this Target. Not one got called. Listen, as somebody who used to work at GameStop, it's like, yeah, it seems like one of those jobs people just apply for and no one gets. That's the conspiracy. Like, what? That doesn't make any sense. So Scott Steiner grabs the mic. Scott Steiner grabs the mic, but in this hat, I cannot take him seriously. No, but he doesn't even do the whole, like, 
talk. He gives it to the ladies. Well, yeah, he's the best at sex, and the women say so. Yeah, we have not heard the best at sex promo in a while. It has been a minute, but now he's got um, he's got cited sources. (laughs) So Steiner then like randomly chits on Ric Flair and was like, "WCW sucks." This is apparently not a design part of the promo. No, he's just going into business for himself here. I mean, it doesn't seem rehearsed. He's like, why didn't they hire Buddy Rogers, the original Nature Boy? Oh, yeah, because he's dead. No, but like that that last part felt like an aside. It was like, oh, I know he's dead. God rest his soul. But like, yeah, that's why they didn't hire him, dude. He died like years ago. It's not like he hired. He died yesterday. He died a long time ago, man. I can't imagine Scott Hunter promo going, God rest his soul. He literally said that. Did he? Yeah. I, that's, I wrote down the quote. I know he's dead. God rest his soul. He also accuses Ric Flair of getting Steve Austin fired back in, I guess, the early 90s. He accused Ric Flair of being the reason why people watch WWF and not WCW because he got Stone Cold fired, which is like a hot take. Like, that that's a hot take. Yeah. I think there's a lot of reasons why people are not watching WCW, and I don't think it's entirely Stone Cold. Especially because he's been out for the last couple months at this point. Right. Oh, but he wouldn't have been out for this long if he stayed in WCW, brother. So this is where it makes because he's in the NWO, he's like not in WCW. So I'm going WCW sucks, but it kind of comes off legit. Like, yeah, this show is bad. I think everyone's starting to turn on the product, but this whole promo just like fell apart. <laughs> well, here's Jeff Jarrett. We're back in slap nuts country, and that got a woo. <laughs> like slap woo? these nuts, slap these nuts. Oh my god, if that was a chant, I would die. We can we can start it. We got to go back to AEW. Got to go to an AEW show. <laughs> I'll never forget the jump scare of Jeff Jarrett at that one AW show we went to. I never forget. Jeff Jarrett says he isn't done with Sid at the pay-per-view. Slick Johnson's going to be the referee, and it's now no DQ. Which, admittedly, if you have a crooked ref, you kind of don't need the no DQ stipulation. Right. It actually hurts you more than it helps you. Jarrett then says he has all the stroke, and then books Scott Hall versus Sid in the main event of tonight. I was kind of hyped for this match. This could have been good. In kayfabe, Scott was completely unaware of this. And, and it was kind of anti. Yeah, and it's also not a title match. No, it's ju- it's just like a fuck you match. So Scott Hall feigns injury and Jared's like, no, I know you're cleared. Yeah, he says it a bunch of times. Like, no, I'm cl- you're cleared, man. You got you got medically cleared. You can wrestle. So it's been six weeks. It's been 84 years. It's been six weeks, I want to say. And we're already doing dissension in the NWO. Oh, yeah, that didn't take long. And... It seems like legit dissension. As opposed to... Oh, it's a swerve. We've been together the whole time. Oh, oh we're getting the band back together. Yeah, no. Or you'd be like, you can't break up the band that easy. Yeah, no. It's almost like these guys don't have chemistry together and don't belong in a faction together because this NWO sucks. Yeah. At least it's... the old NWO, it's like, ah, they're fucky buddies or whatever. Like, ah. Yeah, because admittedly... Scott Steiner does not feel like he's part of the NWO. No. He just he feels like he's just either. here additionally. Exactly. He didn't He didn't feel like it the first time around either. He was just like an addition. We did miss some of that, but yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. He was never like a key player in the NWO. So we have our main event for later. We go backstage. Mean Gene interviews the... No, we never gave him a name. I just called them Dave and Friends. Gene asks about David Flair's match tonight. David says he's going to fight his father's battle for him. And Crowbar just says, we're totally going to interfere later. (laughs) 
So I didn't catch any of the words that David said in this because Daphne and Crowbar were like fucking around behind David Mean Gene. They were playing um, like thumb wars. Daphne was sticking her tongue out, making faces like I love these two. I don't love David, but I love these two. You know, now that I look back at my notes, does Crowbar actually do anything during that match? I don't think so. Yeah. <laughs> there was no interference as far as I can remember. I just have him coming out with David and then they kind of vanish. David literally, yes, David sends them to the back. Yeah. They get halfway down the ramp. David turns around and is like, no, you guys leave. But that's for later. Let's go to Booker with Midnight versus The Wall. Booker comes out to like generic Disney Parks music. So I build this as Italian video game music. Or it was the not the same song as last week. No, it also sounds like the Sims build mode music. If you know, you know. If the Mama Luke's played the Sims, yeah. So we also get Booker in trunks. Thoughts? Anti. I hate the trunk look. I know I'm in the minority for this. I hate them coming out in their undies. Got it the looks main event so pants. No, it looks so stupid. Pants look so much better. The um the speedo shorts that um oh, Triple lose- H wears for a while bad, but I- it's got to be pants. I need pants. Oh, hold on, hold on. You, you're losing our uh, our UK audience because pants is is the trunks, T- tights you want leggings, leggings full pant like yeah. I don't what's the word for pants tights or hold on there's like if you're wearing well, pants in the UK what what are you wearing trousers okay I want to wear trousers how about that well. You know, you want him to wear the the like leggings tights. Yes. You don't you don't want the like R Truth full no. like jeans. No, 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 no. I, I like I like wrestlers in leggings. I do not like them in the in the in the undies. I think that that looks really bad. Personally, I know I'm in the minority. I get it, but like I think it looks really stupid. I feel like the only person that kind of pulled off the undies is Triple H. Just because he's so fucking massive, I don't think the guy can fit into pants. God, you know who I've not seen wrestle in, in the undies and be weird to? It's Edge. I was literally just thinking that. I was like, did Edge ever wear undies? No, he's a pants man. Love it. Regardless, not a fan of Booker in the, in the trunks. No, the not in the undies. I don't like anybody in the undies. We get a spin kick from Booker and then a 10 punch spot. The wall throws Booker around and then we get a double J sleeper from Booker, but the wall gets out. Yeah, the wall is like actually wrestling. In this match. I'm kind of surprised. The wall dives, but is hit with a sidekick and then a scissor kick. And then, <gasps> for the first time, it, it we get it properly called... The spin Yeah, they call it the spin I don't like the spin but I'm happy that he got his move. I feel like you've been more okay with it. I have. I am more this. okay with it when it is useful in a match. Like, if he's using that to get up, great. If like if he's using it as a taunt, stupid. I know I'm in the minority. I don't care. You know who we never see in undies? The wall. It's it's early. He's still in the tie phase. We get a bookend from Booker and the top and he goes up top, but the wall stops him. We then get Mr. Biggs coming out with the cops. He just like chills on the ramp while they do this match. The wall wins the choke slam, and then the cops arrest Booker. Yeah, they get like multiple cops like three or four cops in the ring to arrest booker who is entirely complacent during this just like not fighting back but he's getting arrested for the assault last week we never really figure out what mr biggs plan for booker was because when he was doing his shenanigans in the back room he's like oh i've got something for booker later is it just the cops i think so okay then why were you in the back room 
tension. That's not tension. <laughs> yeah, this match was okay. It was very much like a story building match. Yeah. This was not about the wrestling. I continue to be puzzled by what they're doing with with the wall. In my mind, they're doing nothing with him. But sometimes they do. That's the problem. It's like one one week he's buds with Sid. The next week, jobber. One, yeah, he seems more like a jobber than anything. Yeah. One week he's beating beating Billy Kidman on pay per view. The next week, back to being a jobber. Here he's beating Booker, admittedly with help. You know who we haven't seen in a while? Berlin. Yeah. yeah. Where the hell is he? He's not on Thunder. We're watching Thunder. Eating schnitzel. <laughs> Guten Tag. I want to say he comes back as Alex Wright again at some point. So I don't know when they give up on that. Let's go backstage. Brian Knobs complains complains to the NWO. And oh my god, this fucking idiot. He's like, yeah, why'd you swerve me last week? And Jeff Jarrett's like, I promise I won't this week. Knobs like, okay. <laughs> he might as well have been like comically putting his like crossed fingers behind his back. I'm like, no, I won't do it this week. And Knobs is like, all right. And then. I believe you. Jarrett immediately books Knobs versus Bam Bam. Fucking dumbass. Brian Knobs literally was just like. Ah, oh, I don't like how you swerved me last week. And Jeff, Jeff Jarrett is just like, I'm going to do it again. <laughs> like, Brian Knobs is an idiot. Yeah. He's the stupidest person on this card. I mean, I think he's meant to be a bit dense. I Dense is one thing. This is a whole other thing. Later on, we'll get Ric Flair teaming with Sting, where he promises I won't turn on you. <laughs> no, but uh, we're actually related to that. We get Arn Anderson confronting Terry Funk. Dissension. Arn isn't sure where he stands in terms of the whole Funk Flair thing. Yeah, neither do I, fucker. Like, I don't know. Terry Funk does not like that, so I wonder how much Arn is going to be a player in this. I mean, I'm kind of on Arn's side. Like, what what was that? Where do any of you guys stand right now? What's happening? What's he playing? Elsewhere backstage, Lenny and Lodi make insider references, and I just don't care. I don't know what's going on with them. Well, they're about to get a new gimmick. Oh, good. They want that. They're going to dress like the Hardy Boys and go by the t- name To Excess. Okay. Like Team Extreme. To Excess. That's worse. Team Extreme is also not good. So <laughs> they do it on Thunder and then some lawyers go, <laughs> absolutely not. <laughs> and so then they become just XS. Like the letter X, the letter S. Yes, like extra small. <laughs> I'm sure that's not going to become a problem or a joke on commentary or anything. Extra small also describes my interest in seeing them on my television screen. Well, they're probably going to stay on Thunder. Who knows, man? We are running low on talent. We then get... Speaking of running low on talent. We get the Barbarian versus Tank Abbott. Why? I think I correctly called it was the Barbarian. You're like, how do you know that? Who the fuck is the the Barbarian? He's Meng's former tag team partner. We would have seen a little bit of them. Like, I don't know, like part of the first family, like that kind of broke up. Oh, Okay. Did the first family live above the dungeon Shut of the Doom? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> that resided within the Legion of Doom? With Sting's crow on the roof? You know who actually becomes a, uh, a honorary member of the Dungeon of Doom? Who? Uh, Johnny the Bull, who I don't know if you're aware <laughs> of this, Emily. But uh, goes on to become Relic. And uh, Relic is killer spelled backwards. <laughs> okay, I deserve that one. By the way, no, that's well. <laughs> sorry, the second part of relic is killer spelled backwards. That's true. But, Are you sure? But um, Johnny the Bull is nowhere near the dungeon to do. No, they wouldn't let him in the Legion, and the Legion wouldn't let him downstairs into the dungeon. There's no way. With the first family living upstairs, absolutely not. I'm trying to think how many, I'm to think how many members of the actual Legion of Doom there were. I think over time there was five. 
but okay. never but never at once. Like it was most three. Oh wow. You just very selective. Yeah. Well, it was Hawk and Animal, and then they kept doing like, we'll bring somebody else in, and then one of them died, so they had to, oh, shit. they brought in Heidenreich. You gotta like pay your dues to stay in the Legion. It's like the American Legion. <laughs> Did you just play no, 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 no. Like, pay his dues to the Legion? <laughs> oh, and to tie it back in, the one of the members would have been uh, Paul Ellering, who turned on Legion of Doom upon returning, like the first day, to manage the Harris Boys. Oh, God. And that's when he became Mr.com. The manager managey relationship is a lot more fun if you think of it in terms of like father and son. Well, not to get too off the rails. Paul Ellering was actually the legitimate manager for the Legion of Doom. Oh. Yeah. So the Nazis are in the Legion. No, by no, the Nazis are not proxy? in the Legion. No. <laughs> Pun accident, accidentally intended. We're DOA. Oh, shit. Disciples of the Apocalypse, but. Oh, yeah. okay. Anyway. Barbarian versus Tank Abbott. The Barbarian attacks Tank before the bell. Tank knocks out the Barbarian and wins. It's just not interesting. It's not fun. You're confused on what they're doing with the wall. I'm confused what they're doing with Tank Abbott. Because if they are trying to build Tank Abbott up to be like the next Goldberg or like big guy like that, this is not how you do it. They want him to beat a bunch of people. But beating a bunch of, like, nobodies? That's well, that's not building them up as this big, scary guy. Admittedly, that's what they did with Goldberg early on. But Tank Abbott has done this for a while now. He hasn't graduated. I mean, Goldberg did it for a good amount of months, really? too. Yeah. It feels like he moved up way faster. We, I mean, when we started watching, he was the world champion, so... This all happened before we started I mean, I guess, but he just didn't have a very, like, long career. I think part of the other issue is that we saw Tank Abbott, and then Tank Abbott disappeared for a little while. Yeah, maybe. You go back And nothing he's doing is memorable, so... He just... He's not coming across as this unbeatable beast. And part of it's because the matches aren't fun. It's just a punch. Yeah, this is like a one-hit KO. Yeah, I mean, it took Goldberg about... Nine months to go from debuting to win the title. We see the UFC bodyguard again, who Bobby Heenan interviewed the other week. Yeah, I totally forgot about this guy. I missed his name the first time. Oh, God. And Emily, it's Big Al. There was <laughs> blood on the saddle. Talk about a niche joke. No one's going to know what we're referencing. You know what? I, if you know, you know. I lost my shit when I heard his name was Big Al. Uh, Tang just ignores Big Al. How dare you? How dare you ignore Big Check Al. the saddle. It's covered in blood. <laughs> it's blood all around. We go backstage. The demon casket is here. Crowbar investigates Daphne screams. I was really hoping that Crowbar would get into the casket and we'd get demon Crowbar. Or like kiss Crowbar. I don't know. I wanted that. I think that I think Crowbar would do that like really well. He would play that gimmick up. I mean, admittedly, they just changed who did the gimmicks. And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, maybe you should have given it to Crowbar. I mean, Crowbar would do better than whoever the fuck is actually the Kiss Demon. Dale Torborg. Dale Torborg. What a name. We then see the Kid Cam. He's here to film naked women. Oh, yeah. (sighs) Your boy's problematic, Emily. Yeah, Tori even looks at him and is like, do you ever turn that camera off? And he says, not when there are naked girls around. Billy. Billy. William. Billy. I think in reality, but at least in kayfabe, you were having sex with Tori Wilson. You're doing fine. Yeah, stop trying to, like, do more. You're doing fine. Stop it. Take your winnings and go home. Why does Wikipedia lie to me, Emily? 
you know, this is actually a really like you you felt really validated in this segment. So at least there is that going into this. Because admittedly, and I don't blame them, it feels like people stopped caring to take notes during the last year or two of WCW. Because Emily, who's here? Oh, it's it's the head of the women's division. It's fucking Oklahoma. <laughs> Never forget that he's the head of the women's division. But by the way, I thought, I'm like, oh, they're going to call him Ed Ferreira. No, they call him Oklahoma. Oh, no, he's still fully Oklahoma. You know where this is mentioned on his Wikipedia page? Nowhere. Fucking nowhere. You know this is mentioned like, on anything? It's like, nope, Oklahoma disappeared after losing the, after like vacating the title. So have you gone back into his Wikipedia page and edited it? Because, ta-da, you can. I should. You can save some poor soul in the future if they're trying to avoid this <laughs> this shit of a man. I'm going to go in right. No, he keeps showing up, but give me time. I haven't gotten through all of it yet. <laughs> At the very least, he's on this date. Might come in the future. We'll see. TBD. But yeah, Oklahoma's here. Head of the women's division. Yeah, Why? Says, well, this also gets like a weird pop. Well, we're in Oklahoma. That's why it got a pop, I think. Oh, we're in Oklahoma. His name's Oklahoma. Ah, it's funny. That's the pop. He says that women have no place in wrestling, but they keep trying. And it's adorable. He said it's adorable. Oh, unrelated to uh, anything. Uh, how did you enjoy the Fulfill Your Fantasy Battle Royale we watched in Stop. Taboo Tuesday? Stop. Why do you keep making or, me watch? Uh, Christy Hemi versus Carmella. Stop. And the, um, the extended changing sequence. It's like you don't want me to like women's wrestling. You're, you see it as like, oh, you think women's wrestling is the best part of wrestling? Let me show you why you're wrong. Like, <laughs> no, stop it. I want you to like the modern stuff even more. because I want you to enjoy the sunny days because you are not... A, Got some sunny days ahead. You are not aware of the Hurricane Katrina of the mid-2000s more of like women's Hurricane wrestling. Tortilla. <laughs> what? <laughs> I've explained this fine to you before. I'm not doing it again. Anyway, Oklahoma says there's going to be medical examinations... That he'll be present for rigorous, for women. rigorous medical examinations that he has to be present for. Fucking disgusting. Ew. First of all, ew. You don't even come with me to my gynecology appointments. You're my fucking husband. Oklahoma then calls out Doctor Jeter. Any relation to Derek? Somebody said that. No, I would assume not. <laughs> Apparently, Medusa is part of his clientele. Okay. And ha- what have you done to Medusa? I, think, I can't say doctor-patient confidentiality. Ugh. Well, how about this? How about I just ask yes or no questions and you do that? That's okay. still doctor-patient <laughs> confidentiality. So they're like, all right, have you done her lips, her nose, her boobs, her butt, her like... Basically, have you worked on every part of her? And it's like, yes. yes. And... God God bless Medusa. Really, truly God well, bless her. God bless her. But when they're highlighting all the work you've had done and your boobs are somehow pushed like above your fucking shoulder blades... <sighs> I think she did get them, like, touched up or something. It was just... It's oh. crazy. I think part of it's just the outfit choice as well, but, like... They look amazing, but tits gone wild. Like, they're out and about. So she beats up Dr. Jeter. I hate this. I know there's not a women's title going forward, so... No. No, there's no women's division. Midnight's pretty much gone. Asia, haven't seen her in a long fucking time. I but think she's gone. Sherry Martell showed up on Thunder, but is nowhere to be seen Nowhere here. to be seen. Medusa has no one to wrestle. Where's Molly Holly? She's gone. Even Spice is gone. We don't even have the fucking Nitro girls. There's no women backstage. Stacy. The hose. That's it. So yeah, I hate this and I don't have any faith in where it's going. And I dare say I can't wait for Vince Russo to come back because I feel like this 
because I know he and Ed Ferreira have a, have fallen out at this point. So Oklahoma will definitely be gone by then. Don't say the sentence you just said. You know bad things come from that. Yes, but I think this one is where all the schlock happens. God, I hope so. I want fucking Viagra on a pole, man. I want everything on a pole, damn it. <laughs> Judy Bagwell. On a pole. Put pole, her up there. Forklift. No, I want her. I want the forklift to put her on a pole. I want her to raise up on the forklift and just sit on top of a pole. I wrote the next Ric Flair heads to the ring. He doesn't. He's just roaming around backstage tonight. Yeah, he's not really doing anything. He's just chilling. We got Mean Gene backstage. He says he has some good news from Terry Taylor. Remind me who Terry Taylor is. Just a backstage person. Okay. I think like J.J. Dillon. The man's that, wearing glasses. Yeah. We go to commercial and back from commercial. Terry Taylor says that Slick Johnson is no longer the referee for the pay-per-view main event. Okay. And also that tonight's match is for the title. Yeah, they make some sort of comment of like, we can't change who's in the match. But we can change what's on the line. Yes. We can change the stipulation. I don't. I, I don't know. Why? I don't get how all this works. Why, why can't they just fire Kevin Nash? Great questions. These are all great questions. Why is there a Kevin Nash and also a chairman? Like, why Why is there that divide? Jeff Jarrett isn't happy about this, but we cut away. Tony throws the cl- of an old Terry Funk and Ric Flair feud, where apparently they had an I Quit match, like back in the 80s. Oh. So next up, we have Terry Funk versus David Flair in an I Quit match. So before we fully get into this, Turns out I was very confused what an I quit match was. Yes. I thought an I quit match was loser leaves the company. Like I I quit my job match. That immediately makes a lot of sense. I thought that a little I thought for I thought that for a little while as well early on in my wrestling fandom and I don't know which one was the match that I realized oh no it's just a verbal it's a submission. submission. It's yeah. a verbal submission match. It's just a submission match. However, they are they are somewhat different things. So I was fully convinced that Terry Funk was going to lose this match when they said it at the beginning of the show because it's an I quit match and Terry Funk doesn't need this. So leave the company. Go do something else. Do you know the main difference in how you win a submission match versus an I quit match? Outside of the obvious tapping out versus saying I quit. I guess no then. In a submission match, you can lose by passing out. I quit match, they have to say the words. Oh. Except the Goldberg Sid one. It's the only time we've done ref stoppage. Um, wow. Oh, that was the bloody one, wasn't it? Was that the one that Sid was like gushing blood and the ref was like, this is too much? Yeah. Because like there's been times in I Quit matches where they're like, oh, the person's passed out. They need to like basically like wake him back up. up and they like splash with some water. Okay. Or they did the Mick Foley thing where they knock him out and then do like play the, the audio kind of thing. Oh, yeah. But yeah, so that's the main difference okay. in the two. I did not realize that. So Terry Funk comes out. He needs a better theme song. I know nothing about it. You know, I, I, I'm i thinking something maybe slow by the Eagles would really uh, work well for him. You're wrong. <laughs> better than this. I, I stand by that's a horrible wrestling theme. Ugh. Awful. Well, Terry Funk comes out and the theme I don't think changes and David Flair comes out. And I'm like, what? You pay a lot more attention to the music. We've established. I don't pay. I didn't make any note of this music. It kind of felt like the uh, the uh, four chord song where it's like, yeah, they're doing a different song, but it's just the same it's the thing. the same song. Dude, remember Conan? Where the hell is he? Funny enough about that, Conan and Shane Douglas, WWE like kind of trying to get rid of and they're like, no, we're not sending our paperwork. We're getting a big fat check. Good for them. I guess Rey Mysterio is not going to be back for a while either. Who the fuck knows, Tim? Anyway. So David Flair comes out with a crowbar and crowbar. I was going to say, with a crowbar? No, with crowbar. He also had a crowbar with him. Yes. 
Funk has a mic and makes sure that David knows what he's getting into. This is also when David sends Crowbar and Daphne back. Like, they don't even make it down the ramp. They, he just like, nope, get out of here. Go backstage. David says he's going to hell before he quits. And Funk challenges Ric Flair, but David hits Funk with a chair. Yeah, he, like, does not let Funk finish this. Because, like, honestly, Terry Funk just kind of, like, brushes off David of, like, I'm not wrestling this kid. This is stupid. My 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 battle is with... Rick, I don't care about your kid. And David's like, no, you're going to fucking care about me. So David hits Funk with a chair, but Funk doesn't go down. They brawl around ringside and Funk pulls the mats up and pile drives David onto the double mats. I think it was after the chair shot is when you verbalized like Terry Funk is just spaghetti. <laughs> oh, yeah. Sometimes his body just all the that, bones fall out. Because That's what I wrote. The note. Occasional spaghetti Terry Funk. It's like that doll Betty spaghetti. Remember? No. You were a boy in the 90s. Never mind. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, God, with his spaghetti and uh, and all of Ric Flair's sauce, we're going to oh, have, a, have a great meal in the pay-per-view. <laughs> <laughs> the Mama Luke somewhere. Like. The laying in bed. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway. So when Funk is pile driving um, David into the mats, the first one that he does, he flips the mat up and exposes the concrete. But does the the pile drive onto the folded up part? Yeah, of, so I'm saying so it was double extra mats. safe. David refuses to quit, so then we do an actual pile oh, driver yeah. onto the actual concrete. Like, Jesus! It's like, oh, you fucking what? Terry Funk then taunts Ric Flair to come out, and then pile drives David through a table. It actually broke correctly because they both stood up on the table, and we were like, "There's no way that this is not gonna yeah. this is gonna break under them." But no, it actually waited until the move. Terry Funk counts down from five to get Ric Flair to come out or he's going to really hurt David. He counts to five. Flair doesn't come out. He calls Rick a chicken and quits. Yeah, he's just like, I don't need to beat on this kid anymore. I'll quit tonight, but I'm damn sure not quitting when I get you out here in the same match. I I liked this. This was not bad. I like this as a story beat of trying to draw Ric Flair into a fight and then going, no, I'm not going to go too far with this. Yeah, like, oh, I've already probably gone farther care. than I should have. And, yeah. yeah. Just keep calling him out for being a bad father. So David wins by default, but that's not the point here. No. Funk checks on David and we cut to Mike Tanay and Arn Anderson wants a camera crew back from commercial. Arn Anderson is something when he does a promo. Like, he wants everyone to want him. <laughs> Do you understand what I say when I say that? No. Like, he wants undivided attention on him, which is, like, not wrong, but he thinks that what he's saying is the most important thing that you're going to hear tonight. It's like, you better fucking listen to me. And what he says usually he doesn't, like, doesn't do it. I mean, he's a legend of the, of the business. Sure. But that doesn't mean he's a legend on the mic. He's fine. But just, I've noticed that in the last couple of his promos. Like, no, no, you're going to look at me now. It's all about me. I have something to say. It's like he has to summon the backstage promo as opposed to it be like Mike Jay coming and finding him. Or Mean Gene coming like, yeah. hey, what do you have to say about this? He has to be like, no, I want to talk. Yeah, I think part of his style is just he's just a little more non-coked up 80s. Maybe, yeah. So Arn says that Funk and Flair used to make him proud, but he's pissed off at Rick for letting that happen and being a general piece of shit. <laughs> Arn also says he's bowing out of all of it and what he saw made him sick. I don't blame him. I mean, yeah, yeah keep ragging on Rick Flair for being a bad father. He's being a bad father. Yeah, it's basically like two of your friends are acting out and you're like, no, I don't want to be part of this. Sort your shit out and I'll be back in a few weeks. Right. We then get the Disco Inferno with the Mamelukes oh. versus Stevie Ray with Big T. Big T. 
I honestly didn't even notice that Big T was there. Well, the entourage you get could get together very early on. Yeah. I didn't even notice Big T coming out with Stevie Ray. Wow. Completely. Again, how? I don't know. The man's massive. I don't know. I just, he does not draw my eye. I don't think to look at him. I don't know. He's bigger than the man they called four by four. (laughs) I don't know. I just don't see him. Which I'm realizing the name four by four would have been way funnier if he was really short. Like he was four feet wide and oh. four feet tall. Round as he is tall. Oh. oh god. So Russian leg sweep and a breadth rope elbow from Disco. Stevie goes for a slapjack shot, but Disco hits a swing neck breaker. Again, it's really difficult when the 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 name the name of your finisher and the weapon you use are the same thing. Yeah. Disco goes for the slapjack weapon and is hit with the slapjack pedigree. <laughs> One of these things needs to change names. Stevie wins. Eh. Yeah, this was really lame. This was super lame. You know, I feel like previously we had kind of wondered why Stevie Ray doesn't end up going to WWE. I get it now. Yeah. Turns out Booker T was the one making him shine. Yeah, I don't... I'm waiting for this to blow off and then I don't know what's going to happen with that tag team. Do you think Harlem Heat gets back together? Or does Stevie Ray just kind of disappear? Well, I mean, I think they do Harlem Heat 2000 until that runs its course, and then... So they do get back together. Well, oh, he... no, you're saying Harlem Heat 2000 is this iteration. Yeah. I'm Okay. Do you think that Booker and Stevie team back up? No. I so... think I think Booker, at that point, enters the singles main event scene. Do you think Stevie ever makes his way into the singles event scene? He doesn't win a title. Well, <laughs> that doesn't mean anything. I don't think so. So he just kind of drifts off into oblivion? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I wonder what um, Big T does. Does he go back to WWF? No, uh, he also just va- vanishes into the void. I'm not sad about that. Backstage, Jeff Jarrett talks to Scott Hall. Would you believe it? They mumble. This one I did actually get some words out of. So Jeff Jarrett is talking to Scott Hall and he's pissed that like, it seems like the um, the chairman or whatever is trying to drive the NWO apart by doing this. Like, they're they're against us. They're trying to ruin us from the inside. But Scott Hall is like, even if I win, the belt stays in the family, so it's okay, right? But Jeff Jarrett is not happy about that. Does not like that idea. So I did get the words on this mumble. <laughs> the opposite of mumbles happens next. <laughs> mean Gene interviews Sid. He shouts. It's really a coin toss of which one you're gonna get. This man's a cartoon. He's a cartoon character. He mocks the NWO being a monster and just fucking yells. I love it. <laughs> I didn't hear, again, I didn't hear any words because he was just yelling. Yeah, but it brought me joy. Yeah, I know. And that's why I like it. It makes you happy because I look over at you and you're giddy. But like, this man's a cartoon. This guy could have been on Saturday morning television and just like shot off into space. I don't know. He's fucking He-Man. That's what he is. He's He-Man. I swear he's more cartoony than he is in the 80s somehow. Yes. Yes, he really is. Ric Flair leaves. Why were you here? He was he just never here came so, out. so David, you said they could do the story beat of him yeah. not being there for David. Did Ric Flair never got on the mic, never left backstage, never got in the ring, never even talked to Gene. Nope. Like, why Why were you here? Well, he's on Thunder, and he cuts a promo there. And uh, Emily, who does he call out on Thunder? Goddamn Hulk Hogan. Let's go back oh, to that well yeah. again. Let's start a feud of Flair and Hogan. Why? Well, Hogan has zero dogs in this fight. Why? Why? Because Hogan's clearly going to beat Luger, and then he needs something to do after that. 
get Hogan back on TV before we start setting up multiple feuds for him to start. No. Yeah, right, right now you have a case of him feuding with three people. I hate this. I don't want Hulk Hogan to come back. I want people to forget that Hulk Hogan exists and stop talking about him. Because I don't want to see his stupid hot dog face anymore. I don't want to do it. Emily, get hype. We're... we're... I don't want to do it in 2023 either. I'm tired of this man. Considering we only have two months until Reboot Nitro, uh, there will be a match, I believe. I know there's a segment. I believe there's also a match of Hulk Hogan versus The Wall. <laughs> Let's go to our next match. It's Bam Bam Bigelow versus Brian Nobbs. Reaping fin- what he sows. Finley is the, is, the, is the guest referee. Again. And it's for the hardcore title. This is fucking stupid. Can Bam Bam find a top? It's making me sad. <laughs> he's fine. He looked great the other week, and now he's back to the bullshit t-shirts. It looks like he got his head tattoo touched up this week. I don't know how often he, he needs to do that. I think you have to do with the head, like, more often than, like, it's like getting a hand tattoo. Where it's a very, um, it's a surface that gets a lot of, like, wear and tear. Like, that's, like, direct sunlight, and it just gets faded very quickly. And it's very thin skin. So there's nothing for the ink to really hold on to. Like, if you get a hand tattoo... If you want to keep it, you have to get it touched up, like, fairly regularly. It fades really fast. But I'm assuming that's the same with the head. I don't know. I only have one tattoo. I don't know shit. So Brian Nobbs comes out in a cast. And uh, I'll tell you one man who's going to be in a cast for the foreseeable future is uh, Brian Anderson. Did you see those x-rays? I have not. Oh, my God. So when you told me about that match, I thought it was just, like, a hairline fracture. I thought it was just, like, damn, you broke your arm. That sucks. No, the bone is fully separated. It is fully off of each other it's horrible brie posted it on her um instagram story and she's like ah nurse brie to the rescue like no get this man in the hospital you should not be his nurse are you kidding oh my god this is not a familiar fantasy battle royal no you gotta find that picture Ooh, baby yeah right that's like that's hella broken like that's long time recovery broken yeah he's like i'll be back in like six to eight weeks no you won't no you won't not with a break like that are you kidding six to eight months maybe there's anyway, no the, other way to say it. Like, uh, I, 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 like I don't think Nobbs' arm is actually broken. I think this is No, just he thing. uses his cast as a weapon. There's no way. Oh, true. Yeah, he's not. Bam Bam throws him. a can at Nobbs to start. Bam Bam works Bonk. over the cast of Nobbs. <laughs> Nobbs crashes into a ladder that's thrown onto him. But, bonk. But, his bonk, but, but Bam Bam <laughs> bonks him with a trash can lid and some other weapon shots. Just keeps yeeting shit. Bam Bam <laughs> kicks a ladder into Nobbs. <laughs> And Finley helps Nobbs, but then hits Nobbs with a chair, and Bam Bam wins the title. Having this, like, new soundbite with hardcore matches makes watching hardcore matches so much more fun. I love hardcore matches as it is, but when I say bonk, it just brings me so much joy. I I love it. Yeah, I, I didn't... I wanted this to be more fun again. Oh, no, it was not that fun. I yeah. made it fun. Yeah. If I wasn't saying bonk every time something was thrown, or yeet, like, no. Yeah, the title changing hands here didn't feel built to at all. It just felt no. like, let's get the title out of the story. I don't know. Yeah, it just kind of felt secondary to the Brian Nobbs, Jeff Jarrett pseudo feud going on backstage. That's not even, they're not going to do a That's pseudo. Like, it's a pseudo feud. Like, Brian Nobbs is feeling fucked over and now he doesn't have the title. Then you get Lenny and Lodi taunting the Mamelukes backstage and they brawl. Cool. I didn't even make note of that. I didn't even know that happened. And then our second and last match of the night, it is Kidman with Tori looking fine. When is she not looking fine? Looking looking more so this week. Tori's gorgeous. Versus the demon. I wrote him just waiting for Vampiro to come out, but he doesn't. No. The demon has the God of Thunder kiss theme 
And to me, it just sounds like the demolition theme, which I'll have to play for you later. Yeah, I guess so. Have you hear him back to back? I'm like, oh, that like weirdly could be a good mashup. Backstage, Crowbar is seen rocking out to the song. Yeah, Crowbar has apparently become like a super big demon fanboy. Him looking at the casket was him idolizing the demon, I guess. But with God of Thunder playing, uh, Lenita Erickson takes note. Lita. No. Um, so for context, I just finished reading the WCW Nitro book. Oh, and, you finished it? Yes. Oh, okay. And um, there's somebody who is inserted into the end of WCW, and I told you a little bit, little bit about this, that it just feels made up. It was like a kiss groupie somehow almost runs yes. WCW. Yes, you did. You did mention this. I did not. You never told me your name. Lenita Erickson. Lenita. Yeah, sounds I, like you're trying to be Lita, but fancy. We will, uh, I guess, we'll chat more about her when we actually get to her in uh, storyline. Oh, we'll get there because she actually appears on a single Thunder doing a backstage interview. Yeah. Tony calls Kidman the greatest in ring in ring performer in WCW right now, and I'm like, yeah, I will hear an argument for that. Yeah. I think I'd put him in the top five, and not necessarily the greatest, because we were we were kind of talking like depends on. Define active, like in WCW, that implies people who were at the company, but are. So I think that greatest performer in WCW right now means greatest performer in WCW that is currently actively wrestling. So not Ric Flair, not Sting, not Hogan, like no none of those guys that are just kind of on the back burner. Yeah. Billy Kidman is actively wrestling every week and actively putting on excellent matches. So yeah, he is the best worker right now. I put DDP, he does not do a good. I he put doesn't DDP do a promo. Him. I I don't know. I, I'll hear the argument though. DDP is great. Like don't get me wrong, and DDP has the promo over Billy. But I think for in ring spectacle of like matches, I don't think that you can even like hold a candle to Billy Kidman. Oh, and Ray was the other one that we were like, but he's not active. Yeah, of like the top five right now, unless we're missing somebody obvious, it's in no in no particular order. Kidman, Flair, Sting, DDP, and Ray. Sure. I agree and with that. You know what? I was going to say I feel bad not, not throwing Booker in that kind of – in that chat. I think Booker just has, hasn't had a lot of chances right he now. He hasn't. To... I, I would make him like a close six and potentially like an alternate. Yeah. And admittedly, they don't know that um, Bret Hart has gone forever yet. We do, though. Yeah. But what about Jeff Jarrett, Emily? Listen, slap nuts. Look, he's better than most, but he's not there. He's awful. No, I don't like Jeff Jarrett. Absolutely not. He doesn't have the charisma. He doesn't have the in-ring skill. He's nothing to me. My problem is he's like a 7 out of 10 in, in every category. A 7 is a C. He's a C player. So to this match, the Demon really misses an elbow drop and oh Kidman God, hits Kidman yeah. faction. DDT from the Demon, side slam, and Kidman stops the Demon from going up top. Top rope, Frankensteiner, and Kidman wins pretty quickly. Yeah, this was a very quick match. It's quicker on Thunder. Really? Three seconds. What? Bam Bam pins the demon in three seconds. Bam. Wow. Hits him with a crutch. Pin. That's it. Wow. They don't want to do the kiss demon anymore. I want to read this contract. I want to read the contract that says they have to keep the kiss demon. He still hasn't got his special main event, Emily. Wow. It's got to be this show. The weirdest thing is I know he stays around. So why? Three seconds. That's impressive. That's honestly impressive. So post-match, Crowbar attacks Kidman and appeals to the demon, but the demon just leaves. 
Bud, you're going to lose in three seconds on Thunder. You could use the help. Crowbar, you are better than this man. You don't need this. You don't need to idolize this man. He is no idol. I don't know the context for this, admittedly. I wrote, backstage, Sid is fucking losing it. Sid just gets like a camera close up. Like he's losing his mind and he's just, his whole face is the screen. The NWO mumble? Yeah. Stop it. I don't fucking know what they said. Go back in time. Buy them all lavalier mics. Like, wear it. Wear it right now. Talk into it. I don't trust them to fucking hold the handheld close enough. No, absolutely not. It's like Walking those sisters, backstage, no way. It's like the sisters from The Voice that I worked with that couldn't figure out how to hold a microphone to their fucking mouths. <laughs> I, I forget what their names were. You could look them up. They're t- Twins on The Voice. They wanted to sing the national anthem and then held the mic four feet away from their faces. They did. And guess what? That. It feedbacked. That's how microphones work. They didn't work. have that much like power behind their their voice either, so mm. it did not work. Ugh, anyway, I mean, anyway, let's not shit on random girls singing the national anthem. <laughs> Speaking of people who don't work, uh, Miss Elizabeth, she's here with the total package. They come out to the ring. We get to see him. We see a minimal recap of Thunder. They don't really show any of the promo here, though. We saw a little bit in the early opening package. Yeah, but... I'd love to see the promo. Love to. The pyro for Lex doesn't really work. And when it doesn't work, it looks so sad. Like, it's just like a plume of smoke as opposed to like any kind of like fire or sparkle or anything. And you know, it doesn't come out of all of the cannons. It just looks really pathetic. Luger has a mic and a, and a Hulkamania chair. Different, different yeah, from, why does he have a Hulkamania chair? He had the Sting chair. Yeah, recently. why is he doing? Why is he doing chairs? Why is he spending money on he's theming been chairs? Pilmanizing people's arms with the chair. Oh, so this one's for Sting's arm. This one's for Hogan's. Oh, okay, sure. But he did the Sting one after he already did the thing to Sting. So, I, I oh, sure. I don't know. Luger says Hogan made a mistake of questioning Luger. Luger then says he's won every major title, which is a thing we've talked about before because he. He had previously said he's held every major title. And I'm like, well, technically you held it, but you didn't win it. We love technicalities on this show. But he, like, here, here he says he won them. Like, no. No. Well, you're wrong there. Well, he won a match for it, but he won it by DQ. So does that... Or sorry, by, by count out. Count. That doesn't count. He generally flexes and taunts Hogan. And then he calls out Jimmy Hart. Oh, I hated this. Who's working as like a, just like a backstage producer. This, feel, this felt super random because we haven't seen the two of them paired up. In a long time. We haven't seen Jimmy Hart in a long time. And Luger calls him out to like be Hogan's mouthpiece, I guess. He's like, you guys are friends. And it's like, yeah, but I haven't on screen friends in a long while. This is not Jimmy Hart. This is James Hart. This is not Jimmy. Jimmy is the flamboyant guy and like with the mullet and the glasses and the extra suit and the bam, bam, bam. Like that's Jimmy Hart. This is James. James is just trying to do his damn job. He comes out wearing a backstage headset and like yeah, so like, and like, like, like a like, work polo. Yeah, he he literally looks like he was working. He probably was. Jimmy says he doesn't deliver messages, but is Hogan's best friend, and calls Luger a Hulk Hogan wannabe. So are they like best friends in real life? Ed Leslie in shambles. <laughs> so this is the kind of part that made me smile, and I don't like that it made me smile. I don't like the Hulk Hogan made me smile at Raw thirty. They had all the superstars like of the of the ages coming out and just like kind of waving at the audience, just like I'm here. Hulk Hogan came out with Jimmy Hart, yeah, at Raw Thirty, and like if they were like real life best friends, like that's they, really they are su- they are legitimately very that's good. That's a really sweet moment then. But I'm like yeah. oh, you guys are old friends. 
No, my my brain immediately went to Ed Leslie, and I'm like, Ed Leslie's like, excuse me, I'm his best friend. Ex fucking excuse me. I was his kayfabe brother multiple times. (laughs) Brother. I was his brother brother. (laughs) But yeah, that that made me smile. I love seeing old men be friends. I don't know. So Jimmy taunts Lex until Luger attacks him, and uh, puts in the torture rack to no reaction. The audience is asleep. They could not care less. There's. The only thing they've been told is Jimmy Hart going, I'm his best friend. It's like, yeah? Okay. And they're calling out Hogan, but Hogan's not here. So, like, okay. I cannot trust enough. They have not been seen together on screen in four, five years? Yeah. Hogan Havoc 95. Jeez. It's with the giant. He turns on Hogan. That's the last time they were together. Oh, God. Yikes. So... Yeah. yeah. How would anybody know, like, to care about this? Yeah, you need to just take his word for it, and it's like it doesn't mean it. They're they're going for the Triple H attacking Jim Ross to get to Austin kind of thing. Yeah. But it doesn't work. Right. He pilmanizes Jimmy Hart's wrist, and this just kind of came off lame, and just it didn't get the heat it wanted. No, it was really really sad. The, like I said, the audience was dead asleep. They did not care. It just needs to be over. Lex Luger's not as big of a deal as he thinks he is. That's kind of his whole career. This is just sad. I know there's just like a, a like random spans of like four months where he gets stupid over and I don't yeah. get it. But let's go to our main event. It Woo! is Sid Vicious versus Scott Hall for the WCW title. Woo! Hall comes out to the Wolfpack theme. Yeah, I'm realizing that I guess him and Nash never really had... Any non-NWO themes? No. Hall throws a pick in in Sid's face, so Sid decks him. He had a 10-punch spot, and Sid dominates Hall early on, including hitting a choke slam. Early. Like, yeah. it's like the second or third move. Yeah. We get a poke to the eye from, from Hall, and then he gets Sid up for the for, for like the last call fallaway slam, which clips the referee. We're like, yep, that's about right. Yeah. Jeff Jarrett comes out, and the two work Sid over around ringside. While the ref is still out. Yes. We get an outsider's edge to Sid, but the ref is still down. Mild spoilers in general for any of our wrestling watching. The Razor's Edge slash Outsider's Edge, I believe, has a 100% like non-kickout rate. Oh. Because if Scott Hall was not winning a match, he would not do the move or would do the move to where that wasn't the finish. And that the ref would still be out like here. Oh, okay. So, yeah, it was like, I'm not winning. I'm not doing it. Interesting. Okay. Because he goes for the pin, Jeff Jarrett interrupts it and hits Hall with a guitar and then puts Sid on top of Scott Hall. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh. So, Sid wins. Sid wins via dissension. I do not follow what the hell happened there. I'm, like, kind of intrigued, but not super. Was this just... Jeff Jarrett not wanting to be the one that loses the belt? Or no, I guess that doesn't make any sense. If if Hall had won that, he would be more powerful in the NWO than Jeff Jarrett. I guess. Is this, is this Jeff Jarrett trying to preserve his power? I guess. That's the only storyline I can think of. Yeah, and then they continue or undercut that on Thunder. Because Kevin Nash is back, books Scott Hall and... Jeff Jarrett in the main event and the winner faces Sid at the pay-per-view. However, that ends in a no contest. So I think they're going to do a triple threat. Yeah, no, that would make sense. 
I don't know. I didn't watch the rest of Thunder. Like, was there anything else after I stopped watching that was worth noting? Because I watched, I feel like, most of I kinda it. I kind of hit all the, the spots. Yeah, I thought, okay, that's what I figured. Because I know I stopped watching at some point, but you haven't said anything that I didn't know. So I guess it was a pretty lame ending. Yeah. This was a pretty nothing match, though, between these yes, two. Yes, it was. Overall, this was not a good show. It was a filler show, and I feel like they've all been filler shows, so what are we filling to? Yeah, like, maybe there's a reason we don't hear about this era. Maybe, but that doesn't mean that it shouldn't be documented. Like, somebody should be talking about this. It should be on Wikipedia. Come on. Like, there are people out there that have less to do with their time than we do. And admittedly, the Nitro book was of no help during this era. Because they just go straight from, he got fired, to, like... And they don't mention this era in Death of WCW, either. Yeah, they're all, it's all really much in passing. Like, pretty much, Ben, the Radicals leave, and then Russo comes back, according to, like, all, all, all these of things. All But, like, months happen in between yeah. that. But any uh, closing thoughts on this show before we go to Best Fit? I'm, I'm ready for the FAF. I miss the FAF. Yeah. I the uh, can't say I'm super hyped for this pay-per-view. No. I'm I, I would not buy it if I was watching. Absolutely not. How many weeks do we have to pay-per-view? So, next week's the go-home show. Wow. We got Luger Hogan... Probable triple threat, uh, Funk Flair, uh, Norman Smiley in three count, maybe Tank Abbott and Big Al. Oh, D- Tank Abbott's in a match. Somebody um, <sighs> somebody commented on one of our posts like, can't wait for you guys to review that. And I'm like, shut up. Why do you want that? <laughs> it's not going to be good, is it? <laughs> oh, yeah, Tank Abbott match. I'm sure it's going to be great, Emily. Maybe it'll be quick. Maybe it'll put us, put us out of our mercy fast. Maybe. Maybe Billy Kidman, Vampiro, if that feud comes back. Maybe. But, um, yeah, we still have a nitro in between there. Oh, so God, kill me. Let's go to best bit, worst bit, and MVP. Emily, what do you got? So you're going to say that my best bit's not a good enough bit. My best bit is Scott Snyder's hat. That's it. That's the bit. That's the bit. It made me laugh. It made you choke. That's the bit. I think it's partially because I I didn't know when it was going to happen. I'd seen the image before. You've seen that hat before? I'd seen the image before, but I didn't know when the hell it showed up. Oh, oh baby. So I was, was unprepared. Yeah. <laughs> what did you pick for your best bit? I gave it to Terry Funk versus David Flair for trying to tell sure. an interesting story. Sure. Emily, what's your worst bit? Brian Nobbs just being so dumb. Oh, yeah? That backstage segment with Brian Nobbs and Jeff Jarrett where they're just like, remember last week? Let's do it again worst i'm amazed we don't have the same one what's yours oklahoma still being a thing i try to forget that he exists if i give him if i say his name too many times he just like continues to be here so if i just ignore him he's gone and emily who is your mvp I gave it to sid give it to sid i did give it to wow sid. i'm not sure i've ever done that before <laughs> probably not he brought some life back to the show much needed life this was a very lame show and Sid made me think that it was a little less lame for a minute. I gave mine to Booker just for continuing just for to hang here. in there. <laughs> just for being here. Putting on, putting on, you know, I don't know that it's necessarily exciting matches, but I enjoy watching him in the ring. And so, okay. you know, got a decent match out of the wall. So, yeah, that's true. That That's a skill on its own. What world is this? I gave it to Booker. You give it to Sid. I know this should feel this is this should be swapped. But this kind of like nullifies these MVPs, though. But that's going to do it for this episode of the Butts of the Seeds podcast. Next up, the Feb- the Valentine's Day Nitro. Ooh! Chavo. No. <laughs> we haven't seen him in a while either. No, we've not. He's he not was, selling he was a salesman. Anything. Yeah. He sold out. 
death of a salesman. Oh no. Oh no. Until then, you can listen to all our back catalog on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, uh, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, um, the new one that I don't remember. Deezer. Deez, Deez Nuts. No. <laughs> Um, <laughs> that joke every time I, it's because it's funny Samsung podcast I yes. said that <laughs> I don't know it felt like you missed another one but whatever it's fine um, and where can they follow us on social media you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at butts in the pod you can find us on Facebook at butts in the seats podcast yeah those are all of our social medias <laughs> yeah um, we'll <laughs> be updating more. anything in regards to the upcoming Patreon on there we did, not on men- we did not mention that we did NXT season 3 at all during this no, we did do that. So if you have not listened to our um, our recap of NXT season three, we actually go through the entire season. We watched that whole thing and decided we needed to talk about it. <laughs> Emily, you want to do season four too? No, no, I don't. I do not. <laughs> but yeah, that NXT episode is a bit of a, um, a preview of what's going to be coming on our Patreon where I pick programming for us to watch and make Nick sit through until I stop regretting that. <laughs> <laughs> and until the next episode of the Butts and Seats Podcast, I'm Nick. I'm Emily. And thanks for listening to the Butts and Seats Podcast. Woohoo, bye! <laughs>